Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center for our Bible study today. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for another day. We just bless you, Lord, and we just come before you today with our heart of thanksgiving, just acknowledging you in every way. So, Father, we just thank you today. We just lift up your holy name. And, Father, as we go forth in your word, we just ask you to open our eyes and our ears that we might hear and see what it is that you would have for us this day. As we go forth in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, this is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center. We are located at 4857 Glendale Road in Bowie, Maryland, 4857 Glendale Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20720-930 every Sunday uh, for our worship services, and you are always invited. Today, I want to talk about something that is basic. Let's go back to the basics. Basics. You know, when you're born again, and, you know, we just have to know how to... uh, do some things. When you talk about basics, you're talking about getting back to the foundational principles. So what I want to talk today about is um, the art of living right, the art of living holy, the how-to of living holy, a righteous life. How do you do that? How do you do it? Once you get born again, then what? Let's talk about that. Now, the Bible says that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you are saved. You're born again. You are a Christian. Now, there's another experience going beyond that, and the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in tongues. That uh, experience is uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, some there are some people that believe in that, and there are others that don't. But the Bible says when you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you are born again. That's your, that's the thing that qualifies you for heaven. That's the thing that qualifies you that when you die, you go and you spend eternity with Jesus. You just you never die, but you you just uh, switch over. You just switch over and keep living. Our we are spirit beings, and we live forever. Whether with God or without God, we do live forever. So when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're born again, and then we are off to the races, so to speak, when it comes to living for God. Now, salvation experience, that qualifies us for heaven. But what about spending the next 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years here on this earth? The baptism in the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the life that God has commanded us to live. It gives us power to do to live the life. And ye shall receive power, that's what the Bible says in Acts 2, and ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, receiving the baptism is just like receiving salvation. You receive, you ask God for it, you thank God for it, and you begin to speak as the Spirit gives you the utterance. You open your mouth and you speak. By faith, you speak. And then that's your prayer language. You are then baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, that Holy Spirit, as you grow in the things of God and as you experience God, as you uh, continue to study the Word and build up your faith, and as you grow in the things of God, as you grow in grace, then you will have more and more benefits when it comes to uh, those kinds of things. So what we want to talk about today is what, what after that. Now, there's a lot of talk, there's a study or teaching that goes around. Well, you must know who you are in Christ. You hear it a lot. 
Know who you are in Christ. Well, let's talk about what happens when you get born again. Let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about what happens when you get born again. What happens? Well, when you get born again, your spirit man, we are made up of three parts. We're made up of our body, physical body. I don't have to explain what that is. We're made up of our soul. That's our will, mind, and emotions, the part of us that think, the part of us that have emotions. That's our soul. And then our spirit part of us. The spirit part of us is that part of us that is the life part of us. That's the breath that we breathe, the spirit, the spirit man. And God took the dirt of the earth and he breathed into it life. And then that dirt became a living soul. Uh, That's the spirit part of us. When God breathed into us that life, the spirit part of us, that's the part of us that lives in this physical body. And it is controlled by our natural mind, will, and emotions, which uh, the Bible talks about renewing your mind to the things of God. When you renew your mind to the things of God, then the mind that you have, you use that to, to give your physical body commands as to what to do and what not to do. So that's the body, the soul, and the spirit. Now, when you get born again, it's the spirit man that gets born again. Your mind, will, and emotion, the soul part of you don't get born again. It does not get born again. It is renewed. The Bible says to renew your mind. You read the Word of God and you learn. That's the part of us that learn. So you have to teach your soul. Your soul is the part of you whereby we gain knowledge. And as we gain knowledge and really get it down, uh, then it changes the way we think and it changes what we do. When you think, then you do as you think. As you change what you believe, and and then you change what you do. So, the basic, living holy. Living holy is living according to the Word of God. You're doing things according to what the Word of God says. That means that when you spend time with God, and how do you spend time with God? Well, when you talk to God, it's called prayer. When you talk to God, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When you talk to God, when you pray, you commune with God, it's called prayer. As you spend time with God in prayer, as you spend time with God in his word, God is a spirit, but God also is his word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So when you spend time praying, And when you spend time reading the Word of God, that is spending time with God. God is a spirit. God is also the Word. And the Word became flesh. That was Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh. That was Jesus Christ. So when you spend time with the Lord in his Word, by way of his Word, or in prayer, when you spend time with God in his presence, you become more like him. As a matter of fact, I've heard someone say that it is really illegal to go into prayer in the presence of the Lord and come out the way that you went in. If you go to God in prayer and you leave the way you came, then you didn't pray, you just complained, or you else, but you didn't pray. When you talk to the Lord, if you go into prayer and you're depressed 
and you go and you meet with God, you pray to God, you talk to God, and you finish and come out of that prayer session still depressed, then you didn't Okay, I don't know what happened, but somehow we got disconnected, but let's uh, move forward. <clears throat> we were talking about uh, the spirit code environment. We were talking about uh, living holy and the how-to of living holy. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what point we got cut off, but let me go back to the point we talked about when you get born again. We talked about it's the spirit part of you that get born again. And then we talked said that the part of us that is, Born again is the spirit, then your soul part of you. That's the mind, will, and emotion. That's the part of us that uh, that's the part of us that um, that learn, reason, have emotion, that communicate. And the Bible says in Romans twelve to renew your mind. So when you study God's word, when you spend time in the presence of God, yes, that will work. When you spend time in the presence of God, you change. It's like spending time in the sun. When you spend time in the sun consistently, you're going to change. It's going to give you a sun tan. When you spend a lot of time in the sun, you're going to get a darker sun tan. The more time you spend in the sun, then the more it's going to affect the way you look. The more time we spend in God's word, the more time we spend in his presence, then the more we're going to change, the more we're going to become like who we spend time with. When we spend time with God and we spend time in his word and in prayer with him, then what will happen is that is what we will become like. That is what we become like. So how do we live holy? Well, there are some things that we need to know about us. First of all, living holy, when we get born again, it's the blood of Jesus that covers our life, future, present, and past. The blood of Jesus washes away all sin. That means that all sin that will be committed in this body, it's been washed away with the blood of Jesus, past, present, and future. Therefore, since the blood is taken care of that, we don't have to live being sin conscious. Living being sin conscious means living and being afraid that, oh, I sin, I miss God, I'm going to go to hell. We don't have to live that way. Why? Because whatever sin you committed, are committing, or committed in the future has been taken care of under the blood of Jesus. Now, when we go about our daily lives, now that's what the blood does. When we go about our daily lives, we, in this physical body, we become contaminated with cares of this world. We may come in contact with sin or whatever, but sin cannot take us down. Sin cannot end up sending us to hell because we do it. But what we do need to do is this. When we become contaminated, we have to wash it off. It's good to wash it off of us because it keeps your conscience clean. It keeps you pure. It keeps you holy. And how do you wash the cares of this world off? How do you get it off of? Well, it's called by the washing of the word. 
when you take the word of God and you consume it each day, even though the blood has already done its job, it's taking care of our sins, but when we get contaminated, get residue on us, then what we do is we get rid of it by the washing of the word. The washing of the word takes place when you uh, read your word, when you pray, the wash of the word comes and Anything that you come in contact with that you need to get rid of, you just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Because this helps us to stay strong spiritually. This helps us to stay in the position to do things. It helps us to stay in a way that we can be empowered to do because we don't have to worry about or have our conscience getting in the way of what we're trying to do because we just, hey, I I saw something I shouldn't have seen or whatever. Lord, I'm washing myself in the word. I repent. I just keep going. Keep moving. It's not going to send you to hell, but it can slow you down when it comes to your spiritual growth, comes to your spiritual empowerment. When you don't deal with those things by continually washing your mind in the word of God. You take the word and you renew your mind daily. You read the word. And what the word does is washes away all of that stuff that you come in contact with. Because see, the blood is already taking care of its part. The washing of the word, water of the word, the word by the water, that's us taking the word of God and reading it and allowing it to deal with us. The word of God tells us who we are. It says that we are holy. It says that we are righteous. It tells us that we are the righteousness of God. It tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as it tells us that, we believe it and receive it and keep moving. It tells us that God is a loving God. It tells us that God is a good God all the time. It tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It tells us that we can be first and we don't have to be last. It tells us that we can live free from sickness and disease. It tells us that all sickness and disease went to the cross when Jesus went there. The word tells us that. And as we take the word into our life each day and wash ourselves with the word, then we are building up our most holy faith. We're building our faith. We're building our faith. We're getting rid of all the residue and cares of this world. We're becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. But what we need to understand is this. It's a continual process. It's not a situation where you're going to go into the word of God and you have arrived. Oh, I'm filled with the spirit. I have arrived and I've done everything I did. No, what you're doing is you you is what you call it's what you call Christian life maintenance. You are maintaining your relationship. It's just like being married. You do those things that build your marriage. You do those things to encourage your mate. You do those things that you're supposed to do as a husband, as a spouse, as a wife. You do those things that bring enrichment to the relationship, that bring enjoyment to the relationship. You continue to do those things to maintain a relationship because there's no such thing as having arrived. When we will arrive, then this this journey on this earth will be over. We'll be with Jesus. Until then, we have to maintain. It's just like eating. It's just like maintaining your health. You need your vegetables. You need your food, different food groups. You need your exercise. You need your rest. You are maintaining life. 
You're maintaining your physical life. Well, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. You maintain your spiritual life by getting the enrichment of the food, the spiritual food. You take the word of God and you apply it to your life. Understanding what takes place when you do whatever you do. You know, when people get born again, they need to be disciples. How to study the Bible? Well, studying the Bible is one thing, but living it out is another. Because when you study the Word, your mind should be transformed. Your life is transformed. When you study the Bible, your life is transformed. It is changed from carnality, from the cares of this world, from the worldly flesh type of thing, to the things that matter, things of God, things that matter to God. What kind of things matter to God? We have those things that God talks about. If you want to know what God is interested in, take a look at what he talks about. Look at the life of Jesus. When Jesus went about Jerusalem and all the places around Galilee, when he traveled about that territory, when he traveled about what, what was his agenda, what did he do? What was he interested in? What did he spend his time doing? Well, if you want to know what God is interested in, look at what Jesus did. Look at the life of Jesus. Jesus came to demonstrate to us how it's possible to live this life here on this earth. Jesus did everything that he did as son of man which means that he was just like us, just like you, just like I. He had a physical body, just like you and I. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you and I. And when he prayed for someone, it was by the Holy Spirit that did the work. Sickness and disease was by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the thing that you see me do, you can do them. And not only can you do them, you'll do even greater things than me. That means that Jesus was only here three and a half years to do what he did. We are here three and a half, four and a half, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 70, 80 years. So surely if Jesus can do what he did in three and a half years with us being here many, many times over that long, we should do a whole lot more than what he did. We should. It's possible. But what do we do is another question. The Lamb of God, Jesus is the Lamb of God, the blood of Jesus, the God's wisdom, the way God thinks. It's foolishness to man. It's foolishness to man. When you tell somebody, well, if you give more, you'll get more. What? If you give more, you'll get more. What? That's not the world's way. But it's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's always interesting to study the life of Jesus. If you want to know what God really likes, look at the life of Jesus. Look at what he did. Look at how he did what he did. Look at the life of Jesus. And you see in the book of Acts that Jesus finally been with us 
40 plus days, and uh, it was time for him to leave. And his disciples watched him leave on the cloud, going back to them to see that the right hand looked wrong. And they watched him leave, and Jesus left us in charge. He left the disciples in charge. He left the believers in charge. He told them to go to Jerusalem, go to the upper room and wait, because after some time, then you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm leaving so I can send you this Holy Spirit back. And you stay there until you are endued with power. Power to do what? Power to live. Power to be a witness. Being a witness is empowerment. You have to be empowered to be a witness. Empowered by what? By the person of the Holy Ghost. Because everything that we do is because of the Holy Spirit that worketh in us. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, the life that we live. Jesus told us to go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Jesus commissioned us to do that. He commanded us. This was our duty to do what he did. Jesus said that I came, his whole reason for coming was to destroy the works of the devil. Can you identify any work that the devil is doing and make it your business to destroy? I came to destroy the work of the devil. So when I see the devil at work, it's my duty and task is to destroy it, to blow it up. So when I see sickness and disease, it's my duty to call heaven into play, bring heaven down to earth in that situation, bring healing. Bring deliverance. Bring prosperity. When you've done to the least of mine, you've done to me. Help those that are in me. Sow into their lives. Why? Because that's what it's all about. It's called living for Jesus. Living the everyday Christian life. And I would say that, you know, if you want to have some fun, hey, get with a couple of buddies and, hey, hit the streets, go out in the streets and meet people, ask them how they're doing, how's your day going? Hey, is that something that you want God to do for you? Is that something we can pray with you about? Because, you know, we believe in prayer. We believe that when you pray, the Bible says, what's the thing you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. We believe that when we pray, God asks for prayer. So, hey, today is your day. Is that something we can pray for you about? That's something that's on your heart that you would like God to do for you? And just begin to reach out and meet people and say, well, God bless you. God loves you. Just begin to meet people and talk to them and pray for them. Just lift them up in prayer. Just put a smile on their face. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't turn anybody down. He healed everybody that would have let him. And that's what we should do. Hey, you want to have some fun? Hey, hit the streets. I know it makes some people nervous. I know it makes some people, they say they're timid, they're shy, and they just can't meet strangers and things like that. But let me tell you something. When the love of God kicked in, when the Holy Spirit kicked in, and, and it just began to influence what you say out of your mouth, it began to give you a word of knowledge to, to give to someone and 
give you a, a word of wisdom to help someone, and they give you power to pray for someone, and you pray for them, and they get healed. There is no better, uh, uh, there's no better day than anyone can have than flowing in the things of God and, and healing the living people, putting a smile on their face. Someone with a sick child, you pray for the child, and the child gets instantly healed or get healed or whatever. When you begin to do that and meet the needs of people, then they will know. They will know from that point on that God is a good God. God is a loving God. God is a God that is concerned about every detail of our life. If only we would take it to him. If I said, cast your cares on him. God is waiting for us. And the thing is this, so many times God wants to do things for us, and sometimes God wants to do things through us. And so if God speaks something into your heart, then he put it in your heart. And until you speak it out of your mouth, then the angels that's going to dispatch and go help take care of that situation, they won't know what to do until they hear you say something with your mouth until you give them instructions, until you speak to that disease and say, disease in the name of Jesus, I command you to go. And then the angelics will just take care of the situation. Why? Because they heard the instruction out of your mouth. It's with your mouth. It's what you say with your mouth. It's out of your mouth. When you open your mouth and proclaim and decree, God is waiting and the angels and the angelic beings are waiting to carry out your command. Why? Because they hear it. They receive instructions from you. That's why what we have to do is we have to open our mouth and say something. We have to open our mouth and decree something. We have to open our mouth and condemn what we need to condemn. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Any tongue spoken in judgment against me, thou, me, shall condemn. I condemn, I cast down any word that is spoken in judgment against me. I cast it down. I am a child of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I cast it down. Whatever deed, thought, anything spoken against me, I curse it right now in the name of Jesus. I resist it with everything within my being. And when you open your mouth, then the angelic, the angels, the beings that begin to take that word and they ride on that word, the word goes out to accomplish that for which it was designed to accomplish. Jesus said this. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And when we speak the words that Jesus spoke, they are spirit and they are life. They have a life and they will live and they will produce the fruit for which they were designed to produce. So that means if Jesus could speak to a mountain, if Jesus could speak to the wind, if Jesus could speak to nature, so can we. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is residing on the inside of me. It never leaves me or forsakes me. It is always there. And the more I renew my mind about who I am and learn about who I am and what I'm capable of doing, the more I'm able to do so how do we live the Christian life? By watching the life of Jesus and studying the life of Jesus and imitating him. He's just like a baby boy watching his dad. My dad can do anything. My dad can do this. My dad can do that. My dad showed me how to do that. God is our father. We are his children. Yes, we are servants. 
but we're also sons and daughters. Yes, he loves us. We are both. So I just want to encourage you today. How do we live the Christian life? How do we live right? We watch what Jesus did, and we study what Jesus did, and we do what he did. If you want to be rich, you watch the rich folks and do what they do. If you want to be poor, hang out with the poor folks and do what they do. If you want to get yourself in shape, watch people that are in shape and do what they do. If you want to be like Jesus, watch Jesus and do what he did. Amen. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace and Faith Worship Center saying, well, I appreciate you all coming today, May 10th, and just listening to the Word of God, and we'll be back next week at the same time. I don't know what happened to our broadcast. I don't know. We lost connection for a few minutes or whatever. We did a silent gap there, but I thank you for hanging in there and listening to it. And look, next week, we're going to continue this discussion. We're going to talk about the how-to of living right living a righteous, living for God. Because see, God made us, gave us his righteousness. And all we have to do is be who he called us to be. Amen. So this is Pastor Ted Payton saying, well, good evening, everybody. And until next time, you remain, you stay blessed. And I will as well, Sunday, 9, 30, 8 a.m., 4857, Glendale Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20720, worship service. See you then. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.